Hello, dear sister in Christ. My name is Pat Domang. I'm founder of On Fire Ministries. And at On Fire Ministries, our mission is to ignite a passion for Christ in the heart of women and to inspire them to apply God's word to their everyday life because I believe that God's word really does work. So today I'm talking about having a healthy couple-centered family rather than a child-centered family. And I will also be sharing some parenting tips from my daughter who is a licensed counselor. My three adult daughters have been such a joy to me. They've brought so much joy into my life over their lifetime, and I can't even imagine life without them. My husband and I just returned from visiting our two youngest daughters who live in Houston, and our trip had a twofold purpose. First, we both needed the getaway, and second, we wanted to see our daughters. So this week, I am focusing on this having this couple-centered family versus this child centered family because the reality is our children are not under our roof for a long time but our husbands are so if we let our children have the priority position in our family what happens when they move out well I'm not sure that the answer is always the same but I am sure that a marriage and family centered around the children will have some obstacles to overcome at some point and most definitely at the point of the empty nest my husband and I love 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 our empty nest. Now we love our children, but we also enjoy the flexibility of our life now that it's just me and him. Early on, BJ and I decided that we wanted a truly loving relationship, and we made a commitment that we would do whatever it took to work on our marriage to have a healthy, committed love relationship. To do that meant we had to elevate our marriage to a priority position in our family. This did not mean that we loved our children less or even that we neglected them in any way. I assure you, our children were not neglected. They were very much loved and very much cared for. For, and they reaped the benefits of seeing us prioritize our marriage. Our love for one another provided a healthy home environment for our children to be raised in. All of this isn't to say we didn't have our share of problems that we had to work on and work through and overcome throughout our marriage because we did. However, our commitment to our marriage gave them a model to strive for and seek after in their own lives. So let me talk about parenting tips from your child's birth. Nothing in our life quite compares to the surreal feelings of amazement and overwhelming love and responsibility that enter our lives the moment that we become a parent for the very first time. From the moment those tiny infants enter our world, we know life will never be the same, and it isn't. For the first several months, they demand and consume our time and our attention, and that is how it should be. But as they grow and move through those various stages of life, we must realize that parenting cannot demand and consume our time and attention the same as when they were infants. Our children need us to have healthy, thriving, growing, and transforming marriages with our husbands. However, it is not uncommon for our children to impose their desires in between their parents. If we don't intentionally manage this, we will create an unhealthy, child-centered 
family rather than a healthy couple-centered family. I can just remember when my youngest daughter was pretty young. She was in elementary school and every time my husband and I would hug one another, she would come and run and get in between us and say, I'm the Oreo cookie stuffing. And, you know, that would have been that way in every element of our life had we have not set that priority. So as far as I can see, families focused on children's desires never really turns out best for the children or their parents. So let's talk about our husbands for a moment. Loving and respecting our husbands teaches our children healthy love and how to show honor. However, one of the hardest things to do as a mom is to remain on the same page with our husband in normal parenting situations. In case you haven't noticed, men and women see things differently and God wired us that way. He wired us as women and moms to be different from men and dads, but both bring balance into the relationship in our families. So being the mom of three daughters, I assure you they wanted life to revolve around them and each did their very best to position themselves at the helm of our family. Had my husband and I not decided early on to keep our marriage at the center of our family, our precious daughters would have ruled and possibly divided our home. Which makes me think of the biblical story of Rebecca and Isaac and their two sons, Esau and Jacob. So in that story, in Genesis 27, Rebecca elevated and sided with their son Jacob. And Isaac, the dad, showed partiality to Esau. And I just think back to this relationship that started. This relationship was a love at first sight kind of romance story in the book of Genesis. But this love at first sight romance became a very unhealthy marriage and produced a family situation that was really fraught with division. Since this podcast is specifically about women or for women, let's look at how Rebecca elevated her relationship with her son, Jacob, over her relationship with her husband, Isaac. Now, Isaac did some things that he shouldn't have done as well, but we're looking at it from the standpoint of the woman. So Rebecca secretly went against her husband's desire. She listened to Isaac, instruct Esau in preparation for the firstborn blessing, and then she instructed Jacob to follow Isaac's instructions so that he might intercept the blessing. And that's in Genesis 27:10. In doing this, she deceived her husband and she took the curse of Jacob's deception upon herself. Rebecca then instructed Jacob to obey her words in her plan and to deceive her husband. That's Genesis 27, 13. She prepared the food that Isaac asked Esau to bring, and then she disguised Jacob to trick her nearly blind husband. Genesis 27, 17. This just is going downhill from the beginning. In doing this, two very damaging things happened in her family. A mother taught her son to be a deceiver, and a wife and mom elevated her relationship with her son over her relationship with her husband. So a wife's secret deception of her husband is never healthy for the marriage, for the family, or for her children. While the ruse worked, each person in that family was hurt. Jacob took the firstborn's blessing from Esau. Isaac was greatly distressed, and obviously this stressed and strained their marriage. Esau hated his brother Jacob so much that he wanted to kill him and later rebelled against the desires of his parents marrying wives against their will. That's all in Genesis 20. 
27:41 and 28:8. Rebecca had to send Jacob away for fear of of his life. In Genesis 27:42 through 45 is where you find that. Had Rebecca and Isaac had a couple-centered family rather than a child-centered family, they may have avoided a lot of pain and heartache. So if we could talk to Rebecca, I would bet her best parenting tips would include don't deceive your husband. A couple-centered family is a healthy family and it develops healthy children. Desiring the best for our children is normal, but letting them consume our family is not. They need their moms to love and respect their husbands and to work to strengthen that marriage relationship. Why? Because a stable, secure marriage creates stable, secure children. Children are a great blessing, but so is the gift of marriage. One day our children will grow up and leave home to establish their own life. We need to consider how our actions as a mom and wife affect both their future and our future. So will we have a strong relationship with our husband left for us and for our future when they leave? If we work today on creating a couple-centered family, our marriage will grow richer and our children will thank us. So I want to share a word with you from my daughter, Taylor Drone, who is a licensed counselor, a licensed marriage and family therapist. Taylor tells about a researcher named Shirley Glass that says, if you love your children, then the best thing you can do for them is to give them a happy marriage for them to be raised in. She identifies children's awareness of divorce, especially because of their peers' parents getting divorced. Shirley Glass also stated that children seeing their parents sharing affection and a private life is very comforting because it reassures their parents will not get a divorce. Parenting tips that Taylor has given me about helping create a couple-centered family. So the first one is to spend time together without your children. We need to do this. A lot of times we just, once we have children, we don't take the time for this to happen. Time together without your children doesn't necessarily have to be outside of the home, but it has to be really specific in time with just you and your spouse. So plan a date night, schedule it on your calendar, and if you have little children that need babysitting, then make sure you get that babysitter for that time. The second thing she says is build boundaries in your home. She says to show your children how you value mommy and daddy time. And I encourage you to close your door if your children aren't accustomed to this. Sit down and tell them that mom and dad just need time alone and they have to respect that when the door is closed. Third thing that Taylor says is teach your children if they do need you to knock before entering your room. This just further clarifies your room as a sanctuary for you and your husband. And then the last point that Taylor gives is to show affection to your husband in front of your children. And I absolutely love what Taylor said. She said, you know, I used to really hate when y'all would kiss in front of me, but what I realized is that I never had to if my parents were going to get a divorce because I saw them show one another how much they loved each other. And so your children might say that it's gross at some point, but they do and will appreciate it. And I just love getting, now that my daughter's all grown up and has children of her own, how she looks back on that and sees it. Because I do remember as her mom, how they did not like that, you know, when they were younger. Here is some encouragement that I have for you, for you moms and wives today. Do the best 
you can to have a progressively healthy relationship with your husband. Your kids heavily influence you, and if you allow it, they will rule your home, your marriage, and even your person. Always strive to work through parenting issues between your and your husband behind closed doors. You know, letting our children see us disagree in how to parent oftentimes gives them an open door to position us against one another. And as sweet and darling as our kiddos are and can be, they can also be quite manipulative if given the chance. So all that I'm speaking of is related to normal parenting situations. We can't allow any place for abuse. And if we were to ever face that, we must reach out for help. So another thing, last, really the last thing I want to talk about with our husbands is appreciating your husband's attributes. Responsibilities of life can really get in our way of always seeing the good aspects of our husband's character. And usually it takes intentionality to remember to honor him. And I recommend keeping a husband gratitude list where you write down all the reasons that you value your husband and tuck that list in your Bible. And every morning when you spend time with Jesus, thank God for one of those attributes. Ask God to bless your husband and help you to honor him as well. Make sure you tell your husband how much you appreciate him. I will tell you, he needs to hear that. But with that being said, I want to just invite you to join me on your favorite social media platform, whether it's Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter, to get daily morning prayers and biblical encouragement for Christian women. I'm also on Pinterest as well. Also, check out my website, onfire-ministries.org, and there you can read my blog. You can find a Bible study personal for you or maybe even for a group or even there's many free resources on there as well. So if you will, please rate, review, and share this podcast with others that someone else can be encouraged. And until we meet again, have a blessed and beautiful day.